On today's show, we talk to an awesome mom who recently lost a toddler and she's pregnant, dealing with grief and guilt. We talk to a woman who's soon-to-be in-laws, won't take the pictures down at the ex. We talk to a guy who just wants to get the romance back in his marriage. Stay tuned. Hey, good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, or good evening, or good night. I hope you're doing well. This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. James started cranking music up. I saw my keys on my desk. We're just showing up here. But James is ready to go, and that means we are too. So glad that you're with us. We're talking about mental health, relationships, challenges, tragedies, good stuff, anything that's going on in your life. And man, we've got a lot going on in our lives, all of us. And so I'm here to walk with you. Um, If you want to be on the show, give me a call at 1-844-693-3291. That's 1-844-693-3291. Or go to johndeloney.com slash ask, A-S-K. Hey, James Kelly, I'm going to call an audible here, okay? Um, How do I do this? How do I call out here? I'm going to call somebody. All this technology. Hello? Scott. John, <laughs> did, I, did, I, did I wake you up before you're normally awake? No. You sound like you're asleep. That's just because I have a manly deep voice in the morning. I, <laughs> I strongly disagree. Hey, listen, <laughs> two things. Number one, you're live on the show, so don't say anything bad. Uh, number two, dude, yesterday was your birthday, and I have a show where I teach people how to be good family members, and I missed your birthday like a scumbag loser. And so, I was going to tell you good morning and happy birthday yesterday. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're a great brother, and I kind of suck. <laughs> and, hey, listen, um, yesterday I was uh, on the show with Dave, and somebody was just talking about what a great uh, big brother they had, and I felt bad for you because I kind of sucked at it. But I'm getting better, and it starts today, right? So next year I won't miss your birthday. But, dude, happy birthday. What would you all do last night? I appreciate it. Uh, what did we do last night? Oh, Brandy Joe had to go to a sorority thing. She's a sponsor. So we celebrated my birthday on Tuesday night. Probably something we shouldn't talk about on the show, though, right? Well, I mean, there's, there's the happy parts like that. And then had a nice dinner, and since I am your brother, uh, went and got pedicures. It was great. You got a, you got a pedicure? Heck yeah, I did. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. There seems to be a disconnection in the line. I can't hear you. <laughs> hey, you know what, dude? Whatever works, man. <laughs> Whatever works. But congratulations. Ha- happy birthday, man. It's awesome. And, uh, I'm glad I don't feel so bad that your wife skipped it to go to a sorority event or whatever that is. But good for you, man. Hey, happy uh, happy birthday. I'm glad you're my brother. brother. See you, dude. Appreciate it. Bye. All right. Well, that's it. Pedicures, huh? He has a mainly deep voice. He can afford to get pedicures. He is bigger than me, like 2X. I would have paid money to see him getting a pedicure. I think we should all go get pedicures. Let's go do that. I am totally on board with that. All right, good. That's what the show's doing. Everyone back there, we're all going to go do this soon, especially Zach. Zach's one first. We're going to go do this. It's going to be awesome. All right. So happy birthday. And by the way, way to go, Deloney. Um... The guy telling everybody how to have good mental health and relationships and friendships. 
me and James were at band practice with our metal band, and I didn't even call my little brother until I'm happy birthday. What an idiot. But we fixed it today. So there we go. All right, uh, let's go to Tynan in Kansas City, Kansas. Hey, Tynan, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? We are rocking and rolling. So what in the world's going on? How can I help? Yes. Um, so the reason I called is um, we lost our 14-month-old daughter earlier this month in a drowning incident. Oh, golly. Yeah, hardest days of our lives. Absolutely. Um, You're still in the middle of them. We are. Yeah. We definitely are. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, Were you there? Uh, yes, I was. Um, my husband was not. Okay. Um, he had to travel a couple hours to get to us. Oh, man. I'm so, so, so sorry. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, so we have two older kids, a four and a half year old and a three year old. And then we have a new baby due in six weeks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So my question for you so is. So you're super, uh, super pregnant right now. Yeah. Uh, babies due at the end of October. It'll be here anytime. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh that you just gave was, <laughs> was not a funny laugh. It was a. No. This is happening laugh, right? <laughs> yes, this is life. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's the guy so, at the bar that realizes, oh, we're getting into fist fight, and he smiles. That's what you just did. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so in six weeks, you're having uh, another baby, right? In the another baby. Wow. Okay. Can I can I yeah. ask you something? Um, real. I mean, we're in a personal conversation here. Yeah. Go you for it. sound incredibly detached. Is that where you've had to Ooh. park for the last couple of weeks? Um, yes, yes and no. Um, you know, yeah, after um, the incident, um, you know, our daughter fought really hard for a week. So we were in the PICU for a week Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I'm very frustrated, um, that I was pregnant because I wanted all of my energy and stuff to be, you know, for her. Um, and it was hard to take care of myself and this baby during that. And then, um, yeah, and then we, we lost her, and, you know, and then the weeks have gone on, and yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. So I guess my question through that is, how are we supposed to navigate through the grief and the guilt in a way that also allows us to fully experience the joy of bringing another new life into this world? Um, from our previous kids, we know it's going to be amazing, but at the same time, we just have this profound sadness that makes it seem like this is going to be a a bittersweet miracle. Yeah, it is. Yeah. One of the things that you're putting on yourself right now is a right way to do this. And you've got a picture of what your other three births were that joy and the, in the chaos and the laughter and the late nights and all that stuff. But there's that under underneath that foundational sense of joy and connection. And this is our family and you're imposing that on this situation. It's a totally different situation. Yeah. And one of the cornerstones of, of grief that melts people is expectation on how it's supposed to go. Yeah, and that's the hardest thing. It, it is. It's so hard. And so for you letting go of this idea that you're going to be stealing from this new kid, you're not. This baby's going to be loved it's so unimaginably deep. And this baby was born 
in the back end of a pandemic. Just just was, right? This baby was yeah. born in the middle of the darkest moments of his or her parents' entire life. And that's just a reality for this kid. Does that mean your kid's going to love be loved less? No. Does that mean mom and dad are going to sometimes have to hand the baby off and go weep on all fours in their in their room alone? Yes, it does. And so what you and your husband have to do is let go of the it should be like this and experience the it is like this. And then you've got to be extra intentional about having people around you. They're going to walk with you through this season because it's going to be different. It's going to be hard. Yeah. And that's been the hardest thing for us is being vulnerable to right. letting other people help help us. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been blessed with amazing family, friends, and a small community. And um, that's, that is definitely the hardest part is being vulnerable. So my guess is the, your ability to talk with me right now and articulate things the way you are mm-hmm. lets me know that you are still you are still fully in um, fight or flight. You're still you're still gunning. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it yeah. could be because you're pregnant. It could be because you have two little ones and you don't have time because they've got to eat and have their diapers changed and they got to get to where they got to get. And husband's still got to go earn a live. All those things, right? Um, yeah. You must make space for this because it's it'll come for you. Okay. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. That's how we're designed. But you've gets that. So here's a couple of things. Let me let me back out a little bit. Um, okay. You will at over time be able to pull apart the grief from the guilt. Okay? okay. What I don't want you to do is to add any more guilt in the future than what you're already carrying. Does that make sense? Okay. So you're going to try not. Easier said than done. Of course it is. So here's what's really important is making sure you've got a daily journaling practice where you're writing these things down. And what that does is it keeps them from settling in, for lack of better terms, this analogy, it it keeps them from settling in your backpack and becoming part of you. Okay. Okay. And so having a steady flow, if you and your husband are able to do this together, it's really great is you read these out loud. And there's something profound. Grief demands a witness. And so this often wrecks families, and here's why. Because there becomes this, I need you just to be done with this. Or why are you still worried about this? Or he grieves like this, and you grieve like that. And it's the expectation on how we should be grieving and what we should be doing by now. And it's been four months, or it's been two years, or it's been whatever. Or we're taking the pictures off the wall. No, we're not. And there's not space for people to grieve on their own, but you don't grieve alone. You grieve together. You just do it differently. And so yeah. the way you do that is checking in with one another and just being gracious with space because everybody does it different. Does that make sense? Okay. Yep, that makes sense. And so th- it's less about we need to do these things and more about 30 minutes every day, we're going to check in with one another. All kids are out. We're not going to be around their kids. And even if that means we're going to have to get a neighbor to come over for an hour and evening and just let yeah. us have some space. And we're going to look at each other in the eyes and say, where are you? And they're going to say, I- I'm okay. And then there's going to be seasons where you feel guilty because you don't feel bad that day, right? Yeah. Or yeah. you're going to have days that you wake up and you're running around with two kids and you go into an appointment and then you didn't think about your baby that passed, and then you're going to all of a sudden be overwhelmed with guilt and what kind of mom am I and all. Those are things you got to write down and process with somebody. 
Okay. 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 And over time that grief and guilt will pull apart. So I knew this call was coming and I called a close buddy of mine who's a licensed therapist who also experienced something similar. Mm. And, um, he gave me some really great, um, insight and happened to be pregnant in the very, very similar. He wasn't pregnant. Obviously his wife was, but, um, they (laughs) were going through the same thing. Yeah. One of the things he strongly recommended is to let you know that this baby will not be a replacement. This isn't going to be an instead of, and it might feel like that way right now. Once you hold this baby, you'll know that they're not. Yeah. And he strongly recommended keeping pictures up. I asked him, I said, do you still have pictures up? And he actually took a picture of the wall with all his kids' photos. Mm -hmm. And he's got the picture of his youngest still there. And they celebrate birthdays. So it just becomes the rhythm of your family, right? Good. Okay. And there's not a right or way to do this. That's the key there. Okay. Being so, whether you put up stockings at Christmas whether you set a, ta- a place at Thanksgiving and everybody writes a letter and puts it in her stocking or puts it, you mm. know, uh, whatever those things are, it will become a rhythm of your family. And it's the yeah. things that don't keep you from not crying. That's not the point. The point no. is that yeah. we oh, honor yeah. and love, right? Yes. How's yes. husband doing? Yeah. He's, he's doing pretty good. Okay. Um, yeah, we have my four and a half year old. We have happy, sad days where mm. parts of our days are happy and parts of our days are sad. And that is just so true. So can I tell you the greatest, greatest, greatest gift you can give your kids? Yes, please do. Is letting them see you be sad. Yes. Letting yeah. them see you grieve. Um, if you all decide, hey, we're going to draw a picture. Uh, what was the baby who's passed away? What was, what was her name? Her name was Clara. Yeah. They draw a picture for Clara. Mm-hmm. They write a note to Clara. Even if you write maybe a, a, a elevated note to Clara and you read it to them and let them know that you really miss Clara. And yeah. it shows them that it's okay that they miss Clara. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yep. when you, next time the kids are going to go swimming and your heart rate takes off, you can Ooh. hold their hands and tell them, hey, mommy's nervous because I miss Clara and they'll get that and they won't feel crazy. Does that make sense? Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. The tendency is to hide our feelings because we don't want to scare our little kids. And what it does is it makes them feel terrified of their own feelings because they're scared too. Yeah. Yeah. And if dad cries and he can hold your two little ones and the brand new baby, all of it, right? (sighs) I'm heartbroken for you. Thank you. Thank you. We, yeah, we, we miss her terribly, but we also have a hundred percent confidence that she is healed and she's whole and she is perfect in heaven. Yeah. And we will, we will see her again. It doesn't take away the pain of missing her down here, but yeah. um, that's, that's the, the confidence we can have right now. So one of the, the great demons of these kind of, of these seasons that I've seen over and over and over is a lot of really well-meaning people say the worst things. And yeah, you, yeah. Get, you get flooded with dumb books and internet links and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I yeah. don't want to pile up on that. Um, I do want to recommend you and your husband pick up a book called um, Finding Meaning by David Kessler. Okay. And he is the world's renowned grief expert. It's the single greatest book my career has been in grief and this is the greatest book I've ever read. And what makes it beautiful and unique is he's the top scientist in the world 
when it comes to grief. And then he lost his son. And the, 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 the narrative that weaves through the book is I wanted to go back and hug every parent I ever sat with because I didn't get it, and now I do. And the book is a masterpiece on walking through things like when those images pop back in your head and you think they're going to take, take, you know, take over, right? Yeah, yeah. And here's how you do that. Here's how you move on. Here's how you can let those things go. And here's how you don't become captive by those by those thoughts that pop in your head or those pictures that pop in your head or I can't get this one particular scene out of my mind or your heart just starts raising, those kind of things. Um, it's a masterpiece walking through um, each one of those situations. And I think you and your husband should read it together and um, when you're ready and it could be yeah. a really shapeshifter for your family. Awesome. We will definitely do that then. Cool. So I want to tell you, it's a blessing to talk to you. You're a gift and so many people out there deal with grief in such deep and profound ways. And um, I'm grateful that you shared your story with us. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your advice. I really do. Well, we'll be thinking about you. Please, when your um, new baby, what's girl or boy coming? Surprise. All Surprise. Of them have been so, do, do you yep. have a name yet? Because John is amazing. I'll let my husband know. He's really big into names, so I'll let him I just know. think John's a great name. That's all I'm saying. James, <laughs> terrible name. Do not name James, but John might be a great name. That's okay. all I'm saying. And um, when the surprise is born, if you will send us a photo, let us know, and we will be cheering you on. Okay, I will do that. Thank awesome. You. Hey, thank you so, so much for the call. Thank you for your vulnerability. Um, you've got millions of people thinking about you guys, and um, we're grateful for the call. Hey, we'll be right back on the Dr. John Aloni Show. One of the most common questions I get on my show is how do you get something off your chest? Maybe it's a deep secret that you've never told anyone, or maybe it's something that happened to you, or maybe it's something you've done and you're deeply ashamed about it. You're worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption in every part of your life. All of us, every single one of us have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this always, secrets will kill you but it's often so hard to know where to start or even how to say these things. Therapy is a safe and effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get these heavy things off my chest and figure out what to do next. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time, and it doesn't cost any extra money. Listen, it's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, we are back. Hey, um... Real quick, before we go to the next call, I want to um, circle back to that last call. I think this is important to note. Everybody does grief different. And some people buckle down and go to therapy right away and they get a trauma counselor and they surround themselves with friends and they're vulnerable. Some people lock it down. Some people have two little kids and another child on the way and... They detach completely, and they are. They, I've got to go through the motions, almost become robotic, if you will. And some people become inconsolable, and I can't move. 
right? All that to say is this, a lot of people, th we, we assume that, oh, he hasn't cried yet. He's not dealing with this. Maybe, maybe. Oh, she has turned into a, um, she's able to speak very clearly and robotically. She's not handling this well. Maybe. One of the worst things we can do to, when we're trying to love people um, who are grieving is to tell them that it looks like this. It looks like that. You know, it's been four months. Y'all should go ahead and get rid of all the clothes. Mm, you still have pictures up. You should. It's the idea of you should. You should. The only shoulds that should happen when somebody's in, in the throes of grief is that they've got to have people around them. They got to eat. And to the best that they're able to, they got to sleep and move their body. Um, and so you'll all, all, when I show up in situations like this, when I have friends who are going through deep, deep grief, we celebrate little wins. Um, a friend of mine just posted today, um, just went and got a car after, um, she lost a loved one in a car wreck. That was a big deal to go buy uh, her first car and a car that's going to keep her and her family safe. And they, so there's these little wins, man, and you cheer the crap out of those because they're huge and they're milestones and they're things that most people just blow by. You'll hear me always say, Hey, are you eating? Are you going to bed? Um, are you just mindlessly scrolling? Is somebody coming over to sit with you, whoever they happen to be, someone mowing your yard, right? Other than that, there's just not a right or wrong way to do this. Um, if you've got somebody who is constantly looping on, I can't get that picture out of my head. Um, I, my, my son passed away, and I just keep picturing him here, picturing him here, picturing him here. A trauma counselor can help with that. That's not always your deal. Sometimes it's just to hold their hand, give them a hug, say, I'm so, so sorry. Um, but it's this idea of imposing should, should, should. And as people who love other people who are hurting, let's keep our shoulds to a minimum and let's just show up. We don't do good as a society with silence. Let's just show up, okay? Um, I was like, I'm just so honored to have been able to speak to her. And her family's got a long, long road ahead, a long road. Um, and they're going to need people just to sit with them and say, hey, we love you. Can we bring in casserole? All right, let's go to Alicia in Los Angeles. Hey, Alicia, what's going on? Hi, Dr. John. Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm hey, a huge thank fan. you for calling. I'm a huge fan of you, of you, of Oh, my you. gosh. So what's up? How's it going? <laughs> it's going okay. Um, so my 31-year-old boyfriend was previously married. Okay. And I'm wondering how to navigate, I guess, conversations and expectations about his old Wedding photos and photos with his ex, um, <laughs> which are still fairly prominent are, are they on still social all over media the house? and um, on his social a media bit here and there. Um, he's taken them down, but just all over, you know, family and and friends, and it's not just, you know, if you do a deep dive, you can find photos of anything. I mean, Dave Ramsey says that sure. Facebook is the devil, but but I mean, it's right there when you click on it. So regarding is, his mom and his dad, does so. he have kids? No, no kids. Okay. Oh, so his parents yeah. still have these photos up. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. Does he still have photos up in his house? He's got one framed collage with her in it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they were high school sweethearts, so they've got over 10 years of history. Mm -hmm. And I'm fine with, you know, a prom photo of your ex-girlfriend, but I feel like in this case, that's that's his ex-wife. So for me, it's it impacts me a little bit more. Um, oh, Alicia, you're not going to like my answer. Okay. Here's the thing. Let's I, hear it. <laughs> I can do one of two things. I can super lie sure. to you, and it would be way more mm -hmm. fun for me. Or I can just tell okay. you the truth. Which one do you want? 
absolutely the truth. <laughs> okay. So how long have you been dating this dude? A year, but we recently went ring shopping. So oh, it is gross. Okay. Serious. So you went <laughs> ring shopping. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Okay. So you say like you look him in the eye and you get all like fluttery and you say I love you and things like that. Y'all are there. Yes, we are there. Uh-huh. And is is he the one you're choosing? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're in on this dude. I am. Okay. Yes. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be nice because you sound so lovely. Um, here's the thing. You're marrying her too. And okay. she's a part of his life. She's his high school sweetheart. She was his wife. They've got a decade in together. And one of the things that's going to be so tempting and so frustrating is that you're going to always know that she has 10 more years with him than you do. Mm. And you're going to have to let that go. Or you're going to drown the relationship in, in competition. A competition you can't catch up with. Mm. Your job isn't to be the, a better wife or the better one or the prettier one. Or the one who, like that, when you, when, you're, when you try to get into that lane, you put him in a situation that he can't possibly win. You force his family into this weird thing. My guess is one of two things. Either he screwed up and they still like her. My parents like my wife more than me. There is no question about that. <laughs> right? And my mom has even said as such. Like, just just so we're all clear, if I ever left my wife, she's able to go stay with them. I am not. Like, so we've had that conversation. That will fade over time. Right? So who knows what's in their heart and head. If they're making a move, if this is like a middle finger to you. Or they're just 111 years old and they don't know how to take old photos. Like what, you know what I mean? Like some, some parents right, aren't right. that savvy. If they're not. They are it, not. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they are not fans of her whatsoever. Um, oh, okay. She decided to end the marriage kind of shortly in due okay. to differences in finances and not wanting to start a family with him. Okay. Um, so to them, you know, she broke his heart and, you know, we've talked about it many times. So they're, they're not huge fans. So I'm just a little perplexed as to why, okay, why, when I click on it, that's like the first thing that pops up still. I think it's more because they're a little more archaic and haven't gotten to updating the photos. So so as a person, my wife tells tells me all the time, like I was born in the wrong century. So the last thing I would think to do is to go change a photo on the internet. That's just me. And so what I would do if I was you, is let the imaginary internet world be the imaginary internet world. Who cares? Okay. And if it makes you nutty, don't click on it. Don't go to their pages. And at some point when you're engaged or you're married and they say, why don't you ever comment on our post? You could say, oh, gosh, because that girl's still on there. I don't want to see her. And you can laugh about it. And they'll go, (laughs) oh, my goodness. Does that make sense? It's it's the spirit you're going to bring to this thing. And it is this. She is a part of his life forever. She is. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be okay with that. And she's not a part of, she is not his wife anymore. You're going to be. And so you've got to rest in that assurance that he picked you. Mm -hmm. Ugh, y'all are ring shopping. He picked you. (laughs) You won. You won. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And you cannot compete against her. That's not an event. 
That's something that's just going to make you nuts and make him nuts. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And it has been. Mm-hmm. So, on. <laughs> well, I, I, if here, here's a, a cool thing you can do. Two things. Number one, mm-hmm. take this poor little boy. And like I did that. He's not. He's a grown old 31-year-old man. <laughs> take him out to dinner and say, I have been trying to size myself up against your ex-wife. I'm not doing that anymore. I love you. And we're into this thing. And I know that. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be weirded out. He's going to have moments when he thinks you're just going to break his heart because it's already happened to him. He's going to have moments when he misses her. He's going to have moments where there's a 10-year-old inside joke that he's going to lean over to tell you and realize, oh, you don't know that joke. that Because they went to high school together. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And you've got to go, it's not about me because he loves me and he's I'm, I'm his husband. And spending time trying to go back and scorch or to erase all that, it's just going to just melt the guy, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. This is going to be tough, but you're going to have to be a grown-up about it. You're marrying a guy that's divorced, okay? So you're, you're marrying all of him. And he's mm-hmm. probably going to be an amazing husband because he knows what heartbreak feels like and he knows what attention feels like. Is that fair? Mm, that is fair, yes. Yeah. So can you do that? Can you? Oh, oh I, I told you two things. Number one is take him out and say, dude, I've been competing and I'm sorry. And I'm going to stop doing that. I'm just going to stop bringing her up. Mm. And um, okay. the second thing is this. I want you to write down on a piece of paper the things you feel in competition with her about. Okay? She's pretty. Um, she's hilarious. Um, she was really smart. She had a good job. She made a bajillion dollars. She whatever. Whatever, when you line yourself up, because I know you do that. I still do that to my wife's old boyfriends, and we've been together like 25 years. I mean, still happens. Um, and, and by the way, here's how I know. My wife and I have talked about, um, I had a girlfriend in high school that is still a close friend to this day. And she said, for the rest of my life, she will always have five years on me. Does that make sense? We've been married almost two decades. And it's that little wow. thing in the back. She's just like, Ugh, she got five years on me. And of course, it's it's one of those half jokes, but half kind of half kind of true too. And so, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down the things you compare. Then I want you to put them in a piece of paper. And I want you to mail them to me. And when you put them oh, in wow. the mail, that is you saying, "I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm letting it go. I'm finished with it." Okay. Okay. It's going to be a process that you do. This. And if you want to get a girlfriend together, and y'all do it together, and y'all can be mean and ugly and all those things, whatever whatever you need to do, <laughs> write it down and mail it to me. And just say, I'm putting it down. Okay. I'm done. I'm setting it down. Is that fair? Okay. Yes, I will definitely do that. If you don't think you can not compete with her, don't marry this boy. Because okay. you're going to make yourself miserable. You're going to make him miserable. And your chance of success <sighs> for your relationship is going to be very low. Okay. Okay. Okay, now I'm yeah. going to tell you the other answer. Okay? The, the, the lie okay. answer. <laughs> Let's hear it. Now that we got that one out of the way, forget her, dude. You should call her and just be like, you ruined it, and I've got him. Like, do that. Is that cool? I don't know. I don't know. know, Like, I don't have a good go girl speech, like, in my heart, but that was the best I could do. Have you talked to her? No, no. I've never, I've never, we ran into her once coincidentally on her birthday um, in the city that they grew up in, but. Did you size her up immediately? No, I didn't. I didn't know it was her. I was very confused. At, yeah, it, it was. It yes, was you did. You knew right <laughs> no, 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 away. I, you knew instantly because he went, uh, 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 uh. She was in a group, so I didn't, 
I didn't see her right away. It was on the water. We were, yeah, we were out on the water. And anyway, it was, it was a very awkward situation. <laughs> so here's what I want you to do. As much as you can, as soon as you feel awkward, lean into it. Lean into it and laugh. Okay. Even if it's awkward and you look at him and go, that's awkward. Or at some point he may call you the wrong name. Go, well, that was awkward, weirdo. Oh, Does that make sense? Uh, Has that happened? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Oh, yeah. you are so geared up for war. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> you won. You won. You won. Okay. You're marrying him. He chose you. You won. Let her go. Let her go. There's something in, when you're working through um, anxiety, there's um, one of the things we do sometimes when working with folks who have phobias is this progressive desensitization where let's say someone's got a phobia about snakes. And uh, so they may have you draw a picture of a snake with a crayon. And you're just trying to put you in this position. And ultimately, we're leading to, we're going to show you a picture of a snake and feel your body. And then we're going to show you a video of a snake. I want you to feel your body. Is your heart rate racing? We're going to, we're going to do this over and over again until you can see a video of a snake and your heart rate doesn't take off on you. Ultimately, this leads to you're going to hold a snake. We're going to take you to the zoo. We're going to give you one, right? We're going to get over this phobia. So maybe you do that with a friend. Maybe you get a picture of her and you just see it. And then you get all fired up and angry and my. And then uh, over time, eventually, you're just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, she's part of his past. She's part of his past. But he's lucky to have you. He's lucky to have you. Just, hey, put him in the put him in the mail. Put him in the mail and send him to me. I can't wait to get him. Hey, she uh, is right that Facebook is the devil. Absolutely. Yeah. And by yeah, don't go, <laughs> don't go on your loved one's parents' Facebook page. That should just be a rule. I'm gonna put that on a John Deloney T-shirt. Don't go to your. Little, husband or wife's parents Facebook page. The only thing that's going to be on that stuff is sadness and like weird conspiracy theory links and stuff like that. So yeah, stay away. Good call. Good call. Hey, we'll be right back on the Dr. John Deloney show. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, we're back. Let's take one more call. Let's go to Aaron in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, or Sioux Falls, as they say. Nobody says that, actually. What's up, Aaron? How are you, man? Hey, I'm good, Dr. D. How are you? Outstanding. So what's up, brother? How can I help, man? Well, okay, so here's my thing. I've been working from home for about 18 months now. What do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? I'm a software engineer. Excellent. Okay. So you've been engineering from the house. Do you have a cool setup, or are you, like, on top of a washing machine or something? Um. I actually, I started in uh, a cleared off desk in my uh, bedroom and then uh, we finally moved me into an office. Well, a room. Very, <laughs> very cool. Very cool. All right, man. So you're working from home, 18 months, software engineer, got your own fancy home office. What's up? Um, I, I like it a lot, but um, just the last couple months, especially, I feel like I'm starting to fall into this trap where... I'm treating my wife more like a 
coworker or business partner unless like my spouse and lover. Okay. And it, it I don't know. I, I, I feel like I, I used to have these nice clear delineations of I go to work, I'm at work, I come home, I'm come home. And now I don't really have any boundaries because it all happens under the same roof all uh, the time. Yeah. So give me an example of the way things used to be and what caused you, what happened that you call, caused you to call to re- re- realize, dude, I got a problem. Uh, like used to be like when I went out and had a commute or, um, I mean, I, I think one of the things really recently that was, kind of a blow up between my wife and me um, was, you know, sometimes when I had an office, like I, you know, need to schedule something with a, with a financial advisor or something and just be, Oh, okay. Well, you know, swing by, we'll grab a break room or it'd be somebody in house and, you know, we'll grab a break room for 15 minutes and have a chat. Mm-hmm. And I did that recently and it was on me. I'm stupid. Um, uh, but I, you know, I scheduled a quick meet with a financial advisor at the house mm-hmm. and forgot to tell my wife. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, this was not good. So it sounds like an honest, simple mistake, and you're beating yourself up over it. Is this the 15th time this has happened and she's asked you to not do that, or is she sick of you? Like, that seems rather benign. Tell me how it's not. Um. I mean, this specifically was the first time this had happened, but I I think it's more just, I don't know. Sometimes I like, I don't know if this even makes sense. Like, I I mean, we've been married for 19 years. Okay. Um, You got got little ones? We do. Some of them aren't so little anymore, but yeah, we've got... (laughs) We've got five kids. Wow. Uh, yeah, and uh, and and she's great. She's been a stay-at-home mom since the first one was born 16 almost 16 years ago. Okay. Um and we homeschool. Uh, oh my gosh. And you know, so she's fantastic at that and sometimes feels like just running the house as a business unto itself. Yeah. Um but I don't know. It 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 feels like it was easier when I went off to work to come home and be like, there's my lovely wife, there, there's my lover, and now it's kind of like, and I see you every day, all the time, and I'm not sure if you're my wife or my coworker who's kind of getting on my nerves and I can't get away from anymore. And I know I'm, I'm sure I'm doing the same. Th- I know I'm doing the same thing to her. I'm a guy. I don't even, <laughs> so I annoy her and I don't even think about it. Yeah. I don't even realize it. So number one, thank you for calling for real. Um, I know this is not an easy call and I'm going to stereotype you, but a, it's probably an even more complex call for a software engineer who's used to being in their head and architecting things. It's not even a word, but, um, and having to navigate these family relationships all day, every day is just new. Okay. And I want you to rest in that millions and millions of people are dealing with this right now. 
everybody, you know, was cool to work from home and to do these meetings from my bedroom and to wear sweats during whatever. And we're starting to see folks desperate to get back to the office just for the routine, the separation, the different types of relationships, all those things you're talking about experiencing. Um, and not everybody's going to be able to go back or something's going to be part-time back. And so all I have to say is you're in a situation that a bajillion other people are in and I applaud you for having the courage to call. Okay. So there is a ton going on at your house. Is that right? Yeah, that's five homeschooled kids is five X laundry plus five X learning things plus five X people on the internet plus five X dishes, all that stuff. Right. Yep. And when you leave and go to work, you are right. Your wife's the CEO of the house. She's running stuff, right? And you're not there to help. And so she knows her roles are clearly defined as you all have agreed on them and your roles are clearly defined. And when everybody's here, it gets all mushed up, right? And so there's two things I think are important here. Number one, there is a direct inverse correlation between safety and desire, safety and romance, familiarity and desire, okay? And what happens when you go to work and you come home, even if it's a tiny bit, there's some mystery there. That's that, there she is. And that's when you walk in the door and she looks at you and goes, there he is, right? There's a little bit of mystery there. What's been going on? Who's been checking him out? What's she been doing? There's that, it adds some spice, if you will. And then when you are in the same routine, he's going to be wearing this and talking about that in the same coffee cup in the same spot in the same sink. Man, there is no room for mystery and there's no room for desire. And so it sounds bananas. And, the, and, and by the way, put five kids on top of this, trying to parent during a uh, pandemic, five um, kids plus you worried about your job and the market and, and, and. And then on top of that, put, um, it's hard to, <laughs> find room for romance with five kids and 20 years of marriage anyway, right? All that stuff's there. Have you guys stepped away and just said, where are we? Done a state of the union of Aaron and your wife's marriage. Have y'all done that? No, yeah, we really haven't. Okay. You deserve that and she deserves that. How old are your kids? Uh, um, Almost 16, uh, 14, 12, 10, and just about eight. Okay. I think they are old enough. If, if I mean, obviously you guys do what you need to do, but they're old enough that uh, y'all can get away for a weekend. And it's not a, hey, we're going to get away and we're just going to try to rekindle old romance and I'm going to put on some candles and a song that I like and see if we can make out. That might happen. Hopefully it does, but it's bigger than that. This is a state of the union. How are we doing? I miss you. I, all of a sudden, this work from home that started was just going to be 30 days to flatten the curve, turned into four months, turned into nine months. Now it's 18 months later. And there's something about just hitting pause, turning all the lights on and being like, hey, what's up? I miss you. Let's be open with one another. And it gives both of you an opportunity to talk. And it starts with, I miss you. And I know that I'm not being the guy that I want to be. I know that if I'm 
I'm so impressed with the work you're doing around here and running the ship, but you and I are becoming coworkers and I want to get the romance back and I want to get the desire back. And that leads me to number two, you guys have to practice desire. And so one of the things you've, you've, I don't know if you listen to the show very often, but I always talk about the analogy that I've just beat to death over and over is the twin towers. Twin towers got hit by those planes and they fell down. We couldn't sweep up all that glass and all that metal and all that steel and recreate those towers. They were gone. What had to happen is everything had to be excavated, call in an architect, call in an engineering firm, and we had to rebuild something new, something that's actually stronger. Some would say it's more beautiful, and there's a monument to what was, but we're going to build something new. That's what y'all guys get to do now because what was is different. What was is gone. It used to be dad went to work. He doesn't do that anymore. Now he's here. And it would give her an opportunity to speak into, I really would love this, right? I really would love that. Here's a simple solution for if you need to have meetings at the house. Um, and it's you saying, I'm so stupid. And her going, no, it wasn't that. It's that I mentioned this three times and you didn't hear me. Those, does that make sense? So what you're doing is you're saying, hey, we're going to excavate everything that was. Up until now, we had this type of marriage. Everything's different because I work from here now. So what is it going to look like? What cool thing can we build moving forward? And how are we going to practice desire in, in, inside this thing? What is our sex life going to look like? What is our fantasy life together going to look like? What is dating each other going to look like? What is um, going out? To, what is me helping around the house now that you see me? Um, what is that going to look like? Right? Does that make sense? What I'm saying, Aaron? Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And my hope is that y'all approach this with excitement and vigor of for what could be not a mourning of what's lost. You might mourn what was. It used to be cool to have an hour to yourself to drive and to listen to whatever podcast you want. Maybe now that turns into a morning walk. And once you're done with work, you take a walk around the block for 30 more minutes. A, you're going to feel better. B, you're going to get some sunshine. And C, you've got some markers in your day that I was working, now I'm dead. And same with her. She's going to take a walk in the morning to gear up for <laughs> teaching half dozen kids. And then she's going to take, go to the gym or whatever that looks like for your family. Does that make sense? But you're going to build some of these things in and it can be exciting and it can be fun and it can be a new, a new canvas y'all are painting. It's only when you try to recreate what was that you try to drag the past into the future that it just wears everybody out because you can't get it back. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's really remarkable that you called this out on yourself. That's awesome. That puts you so far ahead of other guys I know. It's amazing. Usually it's a wife calling me saying, hey, I'm at the end of my rope. Or a husband calling and saying, we don't have sex anymore. It's my wife's fault. And you peel it all the way back and you realize, oh, you have five kids. You've been working from home for 18 months in here. Does that make sense? So you've been able to look in the mirror and be like, I'm contributing to this. I know. I don't know what to do next. Right? So my recommendation, here's my prescription. Y'all get away for a weekend and dig into it, okay? And part of it's gonna be, where are we? Part of it's gonna be lamenting what was, and then the exciting part is, let's build something awesome. And then we're gonna practice it moving forward. How's that sound? Yeah, that I, I like that. I think I think that's something we can definitely do and, uh, and, and move forward with something cool. I love that. And if it's really rad, if y'all come back with some, um, here's who we are, right? Um, here's who we're going to be. Here's what our marriage is going to look like. It's going to look different. And then you invite the kids in on it. 
They'll all roll their eyes. You'll be like, gross. No, I don't want to talk about this. Blah. Bring them in on it. Here's who we're going to be moving forward. This is how this is going to work. Um, we're going to make this work because this looks like this is the rest of our life. It's not, but it feels like it is. And then in 18 months, you're going to get called back to the office. and You guys are going to go on another retreat and do this whole thing over again. We had this rhythm and now the rhythm's different. Now we're playing a different song as a family. And so what's that going to look like? Um, you're a stud, Aaron. I appreciate you a lot. And um, I want to know how that retreat goes. So after you go on this retreat, send Kelly an email. Let us know how it goes. And if I can help with anything moving forward, let me know. Appreciate you, man. All right, as we wrap up today's show, <laughs> we had another song, but in honor of Alicia, in honor of Alicia. It's, it's a song from the record, Some Things I Know, from, is it <laughs> Leanne Womack? I'm not a Leanne Womack fan, but I am now. What's the name of the song? I'll Think of a Reason Later. And it goes like this. Oh, yeah, this is my favorite song of all time, by the way, guys. I heard he was going to marry some girl from Denver. Then my sister came over and had the Sunday paper with her, and there was this girl on the social page looking in love and all engaged. We decided that she don't take a very good picture. And it may be my family's redneck nature rubbing off, bringing out unladylike behavior. It sure ain't Christian to judge a stranger, but I don't like her. <laughs> this is awesome, Kelly. She may be an angel who spends all winter bringing the homeless blankets and dinner, a regular Nobel Peace Prize winner, but I really hate her, and I'll think of a reason later. That's fantastic. That's kind of how you... This song feels like your song, Kelly. Kind of how, how you, you live. say that? I mean... Because you're incredible, that's why. Brilliant. Yeah, right. And the best senior associate executive star producer of all time, right here on the Dr. John Deloney Show. Hey, 